Welcome to the fourth part in a 12-part series of the Think Beyond Marketing Talk podcast. We have a really super special treat in store for you this time, and you really don't want to miss a moment of it, believe me. I'm positively enthused and fired up with yet another amazing guest. Here in the studio, I have a lady who personifies inspirational leadership. She's a former barrister, the founder of SA Consulting, a leadership development consultancy, a leadership and inclusion strategist, and the co-founder of She Leads for Legacy, which looks at how organisational leaders should respond to racism. Sharon is a keynote and motivational speaker, leadership coach and business leader. Sharon also spoke at the July 2021 TEDx talk in Northwich on why we should all think like an ancestor. Very inspiring it was too, Sharon. Sharon is here with me today to discuss social responsibility, why it matters and how to create new opportunities. Welcome. I'm so happy to have you here. Hi, Stephen. It's a pleasure for me to be here today. Thank you very much for having me. Marvellous, marvellous. Would you mind telling us a little bit about what you're working on right now? I know you, you're typically very, very busy. Yeah, so wearing several hats and involved in lots of things, principally in the north of England where I'm based. I currently sit on the as a member of the Northwest Business Leadership Team, which represents businesses in the north and very much involved in, in how we can engage in the levelling up agenda. Um, I also sit on the board of the Halle Orchestra and we're looking at how we can increase our diversity and engage communities um, through the arts, which I'm deeply inspired by. And I'm also involved in a range of other initiatives, whether it be engaging with um, young women and mentoring them or engaging with leaders and and, uh, talking about this conversation of inclusive leadership and creating inclusive cultures uh, and exploring how organisations can build uh, uh, an anti-racist positive environment for their employees and the communities that they sit in wow i told you it was inspiring <laughs> and somehow you've also got time to be the mother of three amazing children sharon <laughs> indeed yes so uh, let's get right into it and take a whistle stop tour around the subject of social responsibility are we ready sharon we we are let's go super super so social responsibility it's a it's a broad topic And in a business sense, it means acting in a way that benefits society, not just maximising profit. So in your opinion, Sharon, as a business leader and speaker, and many other things as well, where do you think companies are today on a scale of one to ten and why? Uh, I would say that uh, the scale uh, varies in accordance Mm. with different industries, different sectors and different journeys. And so I wouldn't say that there's a a way of categorizing across the piece where businesses are. What I would say is that there is an awakening, Stephen. There is an awakening and there is an awareness. And I have literally just come from a conference a business summit called Ripples of Hope and that finds its origins in the Robert Kennedy Foundation which is exploring how organisations can make that shift up from simply uh, engaging in corporate social responsibility to corporate social justice 
And that is about recognizing the context that the people in your communities and your organizations that they are sitting in and seeking to meet their needs and articulate their voice in a much more powerful way. And so I would say that we are seeing positive change, certainly in relation to investment taking place and what's required from it of in uh, by investors of investees uh, and uh, and that's something that brings me hope as i look out on the business landscape amazing sharon uh, well done another another uh, worthy cause that you're contributing to so uh, amazing it, do you think there's any standout industries you mentioned that it varies is there any one that you'd hold out as a particularly good example perhaps <sighs> again uh, there are there are a range of companies who on the face of it are are doing incredibly well um, and I don't think there are industries that are standout I think there's actually just more businesses individual okay. businesses okay. that we can see some significant shift and change the likes of your um, big four have a real sense of um, corporate social responsibility principally at the moment being embedded and baked into their systems. We Indeed. see the likes of Sodexo who have been very intentional about their diversity and inclusion agenda. And so there are, there are positive signs, but I'm also very mindful and wary, Stephen, because we can have organizations that can win all manner of lists and awards, which recognize their corporate social responsibility efforts and their EDI efforts and the like but sometimes what is on the surface is not what sits beneath and so I'm all, always very cautious about uh, lauding and celebrating organizations which may not have um, the substance behind the form but we, we there certainly are those organizations that that are standing out that are leading the way and are putting their money where their mouth is and that's encouraging great point great point thank you Sharon really interesting uh, turning the discussion, if I may, a little towards marketing. Uh, I'm conscious you're, you're, you're not a marketer, you're a no. business leader. Uh, Twitter and other social media channels appear to become, perhaps a little bit of, of personal opinion, a breeding ground of corporate activists posting about things that could be socially beneficial. Uh, and even this week, for example, we've seen things on, on the M25 of uh, a sit-down protest. So my opinion on this is that perhaps companies should act more uh, and that many people see posts about uh, socially beneficial things being a little bit empty. Um, how do you feel about people posting messages about social responsibility? So I don't have a problem with it, providing it's not simply form without substance. Mm. And the danger comes and things become unstuck and people expose themselves to criticism where they're doing all of this social posting and uh, having loud voices, activist voices on various social media platforms. But then when you lift the lid on their organization, the experience of their people is not born, is not mm. substantiated by what they claim. And we, we, we've seen that uh, that's been exposed in various uh, retail tech businesses mm -hmm. over the course of the George Floyd incident and the Black Lives Matter movement. Yep. We saw a lot of statements and declarations and um, commitments and statements of intent without any substance behind that window. So 
for me, we where there is a point of influence, namely your social media platform, please deploy it, please use it. Uh, it's a way of communicating a message and making it clear what you stand for, because that's the power of social media. However, ensure that that is that is sound and it's it's rooted in good ground and solid foundations because otherwise people will become aware of just how surface level and superficial those those statements are yeah indeed indeed and that that can also be bad for business absolutely reputational <laughs> damage has been huge as we've seen indeed indeed so on on a related subject um, the, the definition of social justice compares equality, privilege and opportunity across society. So where one business publicly states that poverty should be eradicated and then goes on to pay minimum wage despite the hardships faced by some staff, another one is publishing quite openly salary statistics from top to bottom and subsidising lunches for their staff. Do you think that companies are doing enough to fight for social justice? And how could they promote it, maybe promote it better? The answer is no. Companies are not by far doing enough to advance the cause of social justice. I sit on the board of the Good Employment Charter, which is based in Greater Manchester. Mm -hmm. And one of the areas that we're currently exploring one of our subgroups is the, pay, the um, sick pay um, and the minimum wage. Uh, and it's it still is remarkable to me that we're having to engage in a conversation with businesses about ensuring that people are paid a living wage mm. to be able to live or not to be a question that employers have to explore that actually that should be your baseline as a good employer sitting in and benefiting from the communities that that you are are based in and located in and so the answer is a resounding no much more needs to be done but i um i heard a, a phrase today Stephen, it, and it, it was heliotrope it really struck me by one of the speakers okay. and they talked about um, heliotrope essentially being growing toward the sun. So plants mm. tend to grow toward the sun. Yeah. Um, and I, I feel that the, the place of voice in this is to be fueled by optimism. So yes, by far we are nowhere where we need to be on the agenda of uh, business, good business, ethical business, doing good in society. However, what we're seeing are glimmers of hope and optimism and that gives me hope and we this awakening and this awareness that i alluded to i believe is is heading us facing us in the right direction for change brilliant brilliant i, I agree with you actually in my opinion i don't think companies are doing enough and quite often no. see things in the news embarrassing companies not paying the the, the living wage and things like this it's, it's unbelievable it's amazing that yeah. it still happens yeah Okay, fantastic. So, uh, very interesting, something that came up quite recently. Uh, the More In Common cross-party group, they conducted some research on the so-called culture war, and they found that the public are largely unimpressed by gestures and symbols. I think we've referenced that, that already. It's also found that corporate activism can actually inflame cultural tensions. 
Also, the Social Market Foundation, they're a non-partisan think tank at Westminster, they've also looked at how to do real good for society. And to them, this means addressing poverty and opportunity, which affects so many people in the UK, of course, a lot of whom are workers. How do you think that leaders can rise above corporate activism and create real opportunities that they can share publicly? I believe that one of the things that uh, has given me some insight into the part that leaders have to play in being agents of change in the social justice agenda uh, is found in how uh, organisational leaders have hitherto dealt with the conversation around um, equality, diversity and inclusion. And what often happens, unfortunately, is that the conversation is outsourced to the HR department. And so uh, an organisational leader will say, our organisation has made this commitment to increase our diversity uh, and we see this as an uh, issue of primacy and we are prioritising it. And then it gets relegated to the HR team and uh, and by extension the back room and is often not looked at until there's some further issue that arises in the press where we have to revisit it. Mm -hmm. What leaders, good leaders are doing is they are taking full, unabashed, courageous ownership of the agenda personally. And they're not outsourcing the issues of uh, social justice and social responsibility. They're not simply relying on a, a PR message that's been pre-prepared for them by their comms team in their organisation, which does not speak of or represent their own heart on the issue. Yep. And so what leaders, I believe the most effective leaders for the 21st century, what those leaders will do is that they will see the need and they will take ownership and they will personally act and hold themselves responsible and accountable. And that is how you rise above and that is how you start to really be a voice sitting above corporate activism and taking personal ownership. I, um, I also believe in on the question of creating opportunities. Creating opportunities um, has both a micro and macro level. So on a micro level, it looks like a leader being around a table and looking at who is around that table and questioning who do those other occupants or members of the table, what do they look like and what, what's their background? To what extent they look just like me and are there no differentiators? And then committing that that will not be the case for future meetings, that they will seek to diversify those whose voices they're hearing around the table, create the opportunity but also on a macro level within your organization, saying who is the talent in our organization and how are we developing them and how are we ensuring that everyone who has the potential to contribute in our space has the opportunity to do so. They also create opportunities in their supply chains and in their procurement and being committed to ensuring that diverse organisations and SMEs are able to, to have a slice of the pie. So the opportunity for leaders is there. 
Um, and it's simply a case of, and I know that when I say simply, I don't mean easy. I mean simply. S simply the case of carp DM seizing the day and using the power and influence that you do have to make a change. I agree. I agree. Thank you, Sharon. Um, and, and one final question. I'm conscious. A very fascinating discussion. Doing good and being seen to do good is a key tenet of most corporate visions nowadays. But the real issue may actually be low wages, gender and ethnic pay gaps, poor working conditions at factories maybe, or suppliers, and maybe little actual real giving back to local communities. After all, if businesses can't make people in the communities they work in better off, won't they always lack support from the public? So do you agree that, uh, I'm conscious it's a bit of a close question, I hope you can expand a little. Do you agree yes, or leave Do you room? agree that, <laughs> it's a leading question, that uh, addressing poverty and well-being is the right thing to do and that it's actually good for business? I think it's a, a business and moral imperative for business to engage in the conversation of the well-being sort of the organizational health of their people and the community health, as it were, of the communities that they sit in. And I think it's really interesting, actually, Stephen, because there's some there's a piece of research which was reported recently in the Harvard Business Review. Yeah. Which looked at the fact that organizations that are much more committed to corporate social responsibility stroke justice are more profitable yeah. than those who are not. And I think there's something about uh, a mobilization of those who are making decisions with how they spend their money and where they choose to expend their labor, saying, if I don't see something about you, which is committed to um, more than shareholder market um, maximization, if I don't see something more than that in you, then I won't spend my money with you and I will not expend my time with you. And so I think one, the benefit is in um, sort of your, your, uh, your recognition and your standing in the marketplace, but also the extent to which you are able to attract good talent. So it's the right thing to do. And increasingly, key stakeholders, all stakeholders are expecting that you do this, that you do the right thing. So I would like to see, actually, uh, Stephen, a, a different game. I'd love leaders to play a completely different game where the competitive advantage is the extent to which we do great com uh, corporate social justice. That's how we're seeking to outdo our competition and win the race of doing good and being responsible and giving back. Fantastic. Uh, that's something that we see at the moment quite a bit. And of course, it's very topical in the news of yes. struggling to hire people and a lot of potential employees, uh, recruits, looking for that social value, that giving back Absolutely. the choice of employer. Absolutely. Uh, and the the time is now, I think that there are still those who hold to the, the sort of the historic approach to economics, which is the sole focus of business being to maximize shareholder value. However, 
there is an emerging voice which is saying that it's got to be so much more than that, that that approach to business is not sustainable. It leads to the market crashing. It leads to um, economies breaking. It leads to communities breaking down. And in order for us to ensure that our world is, is a sustainable one for the future um, populations to come, we have to do business differently. Thank you, Sharon. Very thought-provoking, very thought-provoking feedback. And I hope our listeners, they'd all agree that social responsibility and social justice do need real action and authentic stories and messages of helping staff and the communities in which they operate. It's been a real pleasure, Sharon. Um, thank you so much for coming and taking part. I hope you enjoyed it. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you, Stephen, as always. Thank you very, very much. Well, I'm afraid that's all we've got time for. And uh, remember, please, to check out our other podcasts on our website and the next one scheduled for November. Thank you very much. Bye for now.